G'day, mates, ladies and gentlemen, we are at podcast 99, er, er, for, er, I know, I'm getting just as annoyed, I'm running out of the alphabet, I'm gonna have to go numerical after this, <laughs> we'll get there, just, uh, it's the never-ending story, <laughs> even our sponsors are like, dude, seriously, really, R, R, R. this is the pirate episode, Welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. Thank you for spending your time with us. Clearly, we know you have many choices. You know all the other podcasts suck, right? You know, they're not real good, boring. This is the only one with deep conversations and tons of theory. I'm just talking complete shit this week. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But we do really appreciate your time. And um, we've been getting some fantastic emails. Bruce got a ripper email the other day. (laughs) I want to read it. I will read it on the show. But it was a good one from Steve. Steve from Atlanta. He wrote a very, very thoughtful letter to Bruce. And Bruce shared it with me. And it was a great letter, and I thought Bruce wrote a great letter back. It was a lot of great letter writing. So um, maybe I'll get Bruce to talk about it on the show. But it was a great letter by Steve, and basically he kind of told Bruce what he didn't like um, about some things, and but also gave him some um, positive stuff on the, the other end too. So it was great, and it just reminded me that as little as we are, this little guitar wing podcast with little Scotty Henderson and little Brucey Foreman and myself, we are creating a little community. Douglas Martin, big thanks, Doug, for uh, sending me some Django Reinhardt cool stuff to learn. Um, yeah, so uh, that was really cool of you, and I really appreciate the yeah the conversation. It was great. It was great. I have no idea who Doug is, but he's a listener. I saw him playing some gypsy jazz and I thought it was pretty badass and we started talking and now I feel like I have a mate that uh, has done some pretty cool shit. So when he comes into town, I've got to get him on the show, Doug. I think that'd be cool. I'd love to hear about He played with John Jorgensen. He's played with some great players and doing a lot of different stuff and yeah, it'd be really cool. Another big shout out to the, the guitar, Irish, the Irish Guitar Gang, I felt like we did, they're just called Guitar Island, and um, I guess one of the listeners from that gaggle of guitarists in Ireland, I won't even insult you by doing an Irish accent, guys, but the group Guitarist Island, they're a closed group, you have to be super fucking special to get into this group, they've got like over 9,000 members, no one, just not anyone can just get into this thing. You have to be a someone. And uh, me and Bruce, we got in and uh, they let us slip in. I feel like we got past the velvet rope and we're in the gang now. So um, to all the, <laughs> the Irish, guitar, Irish, Ireland players out there, we, we thank you. And I feel like I've just joined a gang. Um, you can't trust the Irish. I do not trust any Irishman with my women. They are sneaky. They are very charming. 
and very lovable characters. But you don't trust them with your women, as they probably don't trust me with theirs. But anyway, they're, they're, I love the Irish. They're just, I mean, how could you not love the Irish? So, um, yeah, fantastic. Thanks, guys, to all the guys over there at Guitarist Ireland. If you want to go check out that group, please do, but they probably won't let you in. You have to be super, super special to get in. So me and Bruce feel very special to be a part of that clan. Uh, Scott should be back soon, I hope. I'm seeing pictures of Scotty around the world and he's strutting the guitar wank cap. They're flying off the shelves, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot keep up with the orders, which is fantastic. Bruce was like, don't get the caps, man. I don't think we should get the caps. I don't think they'll sell. And I was like, Bruce, up your bum. I want to get the caps. I like the caps. We've got to get the guitar wank caps. We did. So far, so good. We're selling them like hotcakes. And, uh, yeah, so that makes pretty happy. So if you haven't got a cap, it's very comfortable. It'll fit your head, fit your noggin, and uh, you can wear it anywhere. You can actually wear it with, like, dressed up. You wear it on a date. You'll get a lot of conversation started because of your cap. It's like, guitar wank, what's that, dude? Well, let me tell you about it. And uh, you can go into that whole conversation. Women will adore you. As men will adore you women that wear the cap as well. So there's a lot of pluses. If you wear the cap, a lot of positive things happen. The feedback has been amazing. A lot of people are saying they can't believe how good these caps are. So if you haven't got a Guitar Wank cap, go to guitarwank.com and you can go to the store. You can pick up a mug. You can pick up a T-shirt. Get a cap. And not only do you get the cap, you get three, count them, one, two, three coasters and three guitar wank picks. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. We should be on uh, Shark Tank. We should take this to Shark Tank. Uh, what else is happening then? What else? Bruce has got a new uh, promo coming out for his Junkyard Duo. Uh, and all he asks asks me to do is um, if you see the promo the junkyard promo he asks one thing of you asks one thing of you I'm having a problem with words today he asks one thing of you to do as a guitar wank listener share it that's all you have to do he really is dying to see how many shares he can get nothing has ever gone viral with Bruce and he kind of feels that this could be it. <laughs> share it. Let's share it and uh, let's see how many hits we can get on this puppy and uh, and take it from there. That'll be fun. So, uh, all you Irish guitarists, <laughs> he would love to come back to Ireland. He hasn't been in there in ages. I've never been and that's, that's just blasphemy because I'm kind of from Ireland. I'm kind of from Scotland. <laughs> I'm just pissed off. I'm probably out of the group now. I am Scottish, but really, when you go back far enough, guys, aren't we all Irish? Is that right? I think we are. I think if you go way back, like before Braveheart, I think we're all Irish. I think it just all started there. So anyway, so uh, there's mutual love. And um, I would love to go to Ireland. That'd be so cool. Uh, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, England. Yeah, okay. Uh, what else? I think that's it. That's all I got to say. Thank God you think 
That's great, Troy. Shut up. Uh, 99R. This is the uh, pirate episode. Bruce actually continues on with some teaching. I don't know what was going on with his mic. He was brushing it or touching it. I don't know. He was playing with himself. Whatever was going on. But excuse it. It's just what happens. And um, But he does a great lesson. This is one of the first lessons for Bruce. Official lessons on guitar wank. Um, yeah. So I'm pushing him to do more. I like when he goes into all that stuff. He's got a lot to say. He's such. He really is an underrated jazz guy. You should check him out if he comes to your part of the world and he's coming to New York soon to all the people in New York go have a beer with Bruce get him drunk, listen to him play, wear your guitar wank cap and uh, yeah it'll be a great night, I wish I was going to be there but anyway, this one's to all our Irish listeners you guys rock and I'm very happy to be part of the group, thank you so much, it means a lot to me and Bruce Scott, I don't know yet We're gonna, we'll put it to him but uh, you know what he's like. I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, we, <laughs> we will try. We'll get him part of the group. How, how could he not be a part of the Irish group? All right. Have I said enough about the Irish? All right. I know Bruce has got a shitload of jokes too. Enjoy yourselves. Remember, promote the uh, Junkyard Duo promo. It comes out, I think, tomorrow. And it's, it's cool. It's a fun little promo thing that Bruce did. And he would love it. Give him his last dying wish. <laughs> You know, he's always complaining about being so old. So this might be the last one, guys. Giving me a big send-off for his junkyard duo. I'm a prick of a friend, aren't I? Danielle, DeAndrea and Bruce are performing this Friday night at Prohibition Studios. If you are in Los Angeles and you want an amazing night, it'll it'll be just awesome. Intimate space, Prohibition Studios, and we'll be drinking... Listen to Bruce do his red guitar and then Danielle and Bruce will do a bunch of tunes together and they they kill. It's really, really cool. You can buy tickets on the web. Yeah, just contact us. You you know, work it out. Google. All right. We'll see you guys next week and uh, I'll talk to you later. Be safe. Community, community, community. There we go. That was for Bruce. All right, guys. Thank you and we'll see you all later. But, but you you ha- would you say you've got your bag of licks still right? Yes, but I don't. They're not licks. They're phrases. Right. Because because to me, when I play them, whatever they are, and usually okay, there are a couple of things like when I just get so far out and I need to get back to somewhere, I just this will take me always to this. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. You yeah. know, and uh, I feel cheap when I do it. <laughs> um, but you know. It's just, it's all about, I mean, it's like owning your playing. It's like you play a lick, you're just copying somebody else. Yeah. You play a, that same thing and think of it as a phrase, and it's yours now. And now the thing that needs to happen right afterwards just will occur to you. You won't need to think about anything. And you know? I, I, I'm thinking the a great way to really push that is really start to hear what's in your head instead of what's in your hands. Exactly. Well, you know, but again, and, and, 
and um, I mean, how do you how do you okay, work okay, on that? Know, yeah, right. How do you work on that's the big question. Yeah. and I know Scott would hate me here because we're teaching, <laughs> but I'm just talking about what I do. Yeah, so that's not teaching. Um, you got all these again elements here. You got your brain, which is your memory for the licks and, and your knowledge of theory. That's all in your brain. You got your eyes, which can watch things. You've got your ears, which hear, and you've got your hands, which you can just let them do whatever they want, and you'll come up with new shit too. I think the idea is as you practice and play, to let each side teach the other. Hmm. Like at first, it's going to be the shit you know teaching your ears. Right. You know what I mean? So to start off and just, what do you hear? You're probably only going to hear fucking happy birthday. You know what I mean? Or some really silly shit, you know? So you need to think, well, what's the melody? What's You know what I mean? Okay, but once you start doing it, you're developing this sense of like, like when I play, am I really playing what I'm singing or am I singing what I'm playing? I don't know. Right. I mean, there are times... For sure, I can tell you I'm singing what I'm playing. And there's times for sure I can tell you that I'm singing what I'm playing or I'm playing what I'm singing, whatever. You know what I mean? There, yeah. There's definite times in the real world where I'm doing each one of those. But there's, like, in the middle of that, there's, I don't really know. Mm -hmm. And does it really matter? I mean, because ultimately, the more you do it, the more you're going to get to the place where it's just you're playing what you're hearing. Yeah. You are you are doing the, the the actual work that it takes to get you to where you want to go, mm -hmm. and the more you judge it and have expectations on it, the more you're just not going to do it. And it's going to get in the way, yep. and your ego's going to get in the way, and it's going to be a problem. So you just sit around and play, and if you're ever playing on something and you you know if if you're practicing you know by yourself whatever playing by yourself, if you ever hear something. And you go to play and you can't do it. Stop. Figure out what that is. That's the moment where you really have an, a big learning opportunity. Don't play through, oh, shit, I missed it. And keep playing. Like, it's well, there's another bar here. I have to play this next bar. You're not, like, playing a concert. There's not a rhythm section. Stop. Figure out what exactly you were hearing and play it. Mm -hmm. And teach your hands where your ear was going. So that you learn these moves. Yep. And because really, if we were to talk about the world's best technique, it really wouldn't have anything to do with playing fast or a lot. It would, the world's best technique is a person who can play what they hear the way they hear it. Yeah. If you can do that, your technique is as good as it'll ever need to be. Yeah. So, how much of our time is spent? <laughs> yeah. developing that yeah, compared to other things well, probably not very much that's why you hear me talk about melody so much yep. Oops. I don't know if I've been heard because uh, sorry folks I, I dropped my mic a while ago but it looks like there's fish it's, scales on the thing it's still so. there. I can boost it okay so um, like melodies are so important because let's face it there's right notes and wrong notes now and you can hear the melody yeah. Whether it's Happy Birthday or, you know, whatever song you know real well and the songs, you, you know, Bottom Leaves, whatever. 
And then the thing is just to start on different strings and on different fingers. And you're just training yourself to hear that next interval and feel where it is. What a great skill to have. Mm. And it's so easy. I mean, it's, it's because if you really gave it 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, you realize how much better you'd be in a week at that and how important that is. Because you never know, like, you're hearing that thing and all of a sudden, but you're on your fourth finger. The guitar is a weird instrument, you know, the fingering thing and the string relationship thing. And then the B string comes along and then everything has to change for that and then it's back, you know. So to just sit and take a tune, you know, and then take them and then like, and then start on it, you know, okay, you do it in the original key, you know it in, boom, 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 boom. Then you just like pick any starting note and see if you can play the melody in that, you know, key. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously if you don't have perfect pitch, it's gonna be a lot easier than someone who does have perfect pitch. Right. Because they remember because the way they remember things is weird, right? <laughs> They're going by, yeah, yeah. So, because um, they can actually remember what the note names are, the note colors, the way they codify tones. If you've got perfect pitch, is different mm -hmm. than those mere mortals. But um, you know, that's like a skill that because also when you go to play that melody, you're not just playing the notes you're actually hearing the phrasing of it. In other words, some notes aren't meant to be played as loud as other notes because they support the phrase. You yeah. know, there are notes that are like emphasis notes and then passing notes. And just by hearing it in your head and playing it, you're teaching your hands to actually do the phrasing work of music. And then you... you if you do that, then you can see how this is like, what this is doing. To it's realigning all your musical DNA is what mm -hmm. it's doing, in a, in a really fundamentally good way. Because if you did come up before YouTube and teachers and universities, you know, like because like I was kind of I, I was old and. I was, these jazz schools had just started, but I didn't really even know about them, you know. Um, I played with the players, and the only way to function was to learn the songs. Mm -hmm. I mean, no one cared about knowing the modes, no one cared about knowing the scale patterns, no one cared if you if you could transcribe, you know, it's like, hey, we're, Plus, we're playing going, songs here. Going, going you, back to that we're time. We're playing songs. Yeah. Got, I mean, the first thing is you've got to be able to play the song or you, you can't play with was, us. It, was that even talked about like with you guys on stage or with other players like all that theory stuff or was it just basically know the song dude that was yeah that was all it was i mean and then and and to be honest with you and if i've told this already stop me because you know i'm old and i repeat myself <laughs> um back the guys i played with when i was starting out it wasn't cool to talk about it but the the theory side of things. Yeah, it wasn't. It, we had to explain what you were doing. Right. It was like this is my shit. Get your own. Really. Yeah. It was like private. I mean, of course, you couldn't hide it because they're playing it. You yep. can hear it. Yeah. And and I could always hear where they got it. I mean, you hear a saxophone player, you know who who he's listening to. Yeah. In his life, who he's inspired by. Mm -hmm. Same with a piano player. You know, you can you just hear it. I mean, but at the same time. You ask questions thinking, figure it out, man. Can't you hear it? I played it for you. You know, 
it was like almost like uncool to talk about it mm. with a lot of guys. Yeah. And then there were some guys who really were more of a teacher type. Yeah. Or, or more generous. And then there were some guys that had their own w- way of looking at it. Like, um, I remember asking one guy, there was a chord he played, boom, you know, and I said, hey, that chord you played right there, what was that chord? It was what? And I said, we saw, you know, it was kind of like after the gig and he's standing by the piano and I kind of said, right here, when we play this part of the song, you, he goes, oh, was it this? And he plays on it. I said, yeah, that, what is that? He goes, oh, that's a baby doll. A baby doll. And I'm like, what? He says, yeah, it's a baby doll. And then he moved one note. He says, this is the mama doll. And if I move this, it's the papa doll. To him, that's what that chord was. Oh, wow. I mean, it was a 13 flat 9 chord. Right. Okay. And when he moved the ninth, it was the mama doll. And when he added the raised 11th to it, it was the papa. I mean, he had new... To That's him, the way he thought about but, it. But I mean, if I just said play a flat a thirteen flat nine chord, he wouldn't have given me that. Yeah, he had his own, and I lots of guys would use colors. I'd play a chord, and they go, no, 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 no. It's not green. It's blue. What? Yeah, I've had guys say that to me, shit like that. And <laughs> you just so you just kind of guess what they're talking, but it makes you right. think about it. Okay, well maybe you know usually you're playing a, a, a minor chord, so you. You throw in the you you make it a yep. dominant seven with a plus nine. Yeah, that is that, and usually you you know usually you're kind of right. You know, I mean it's it's kind of obvious, but in a weird way. And that's where a lot of the problems with jazz, like we have jazz analysis now. That's actually a class, mm-hmm. and and I'm all, and I'm all for it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I mean people need to be taught the stuff, and they're being paid money, but. There's a fundamental problem with us all letting one person do the analysis and then them telling us what it is. Mm. In, a, in, a, in, an, in an art form like jazz, it's supposed to be individualistic and supposed to be constantly growing in different ways. And, you know, yeah, I, I disparage lots of new styles of jazz because I don't like them or because maybe I'm jealous or because maybe I just don't want to spend all the time to learn them. <laughs> you know, who knows what my real reasons are for yeah. putting them down. But the fact is, is they're great. They need to be, they need to be there. And if, if, if my feeling is this jazz should be growing in another direction, it's up to me to do it. Mm-hmm. But um, I do feel that if we as musicians aren't engineers... Like, you go to play a song, it's like, how does this work? Well, what happens if I do this? What happens if I do this? And if we come up with our own names for shit, or if we use, like, the classical names, oh, it's a, you know, it's a Lydian, it's a, if you use the modal terms, or if you use the chord names, or if you use Baby Doll, or if you use Chevrolet, or if you Mm -hmm. use Colors, it really doesn't matter. The point is, is that we're doing the engineering. We're, like, figuring out how it works. And in our own mind deconstructing and reconstructing the music that's a huge part of learning this i mean i'm not just saying jazz i'm saying rock and roll blues classical everything yeah and if you just like transcribing you know i I put that down all the time i just don't want to hear people doing it i'm assuming we all do it if you find me a guy that doesn't take shit from other people they're not going to be a good player. Mm. There's no, they right. might as well find something else to yep. do. But <clears throat> just do it in private. 
you know, and I mean, if you know, if you want to do Brent Mason, listen to Brent Mason. Don't don't play along with Brent Mason. You're not going to play as good as Brent Mason. No. But if you take Brent Mason's stuff and do something with it and make it your own, I want to hear it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. That's yeah. what I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear you copying him. Not as good. Yeah, it's insulting to him. It's yeah. insulting to you. It's not what it's about. It's. That's practice, isn't it? Well, to me, it is. To me, there's just... I mean, I mean, I guess it's impressive. Right. But then it's not as good, and it wouldn't be as good as just listening to the solo itself. Yeah. And, you know, really what, you, what there is for you to learn from that is for you to take it and make it your own, Do not something. just copy it. Yeah. And, I mean, yes, it's an amazing piece of work that you've done. But just the fact that you can play is pretty amazing. You know, I mean, you've done a lot of work here. Mm. You don't need my pat on the... You don't need. No. You don't need to prove anything to the rest right. of us. You never need to prove anything to anybody. Just play. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where it. I, I think the, the the spirit for why it's being done bugs me the most. Yeah. When I, when I do hear it, and again, that's my personal opinion. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. But honestly, ask yourself, why are you doing this? If you're doing this just to impress people that you've done that amount of work and you want to be either you know, admired or loved or appreciated for having done the work, well, that's a really lame thing because everybody does the work and that's what musicians do. Yeah. You wake up in the morning every day. Here's the deal. Every day of your life, if you're a real musician, you're getting better. That's what it is. If yeah. you sign up for being a musician, I don't care if you're my age, your age, or the young kids, this is what you're looking at. Yeah. Every day of your life, you wake up and you're going to get better if you're a serious musician and you have integrity. That being said, okay, we stipulate that fact. Now, it's like with what you can do right now, what are you going to create? Mm. That's the music. That looking, right? I mean, yeah. and, and really, like every one of my students, I, I mean, I got really great students at USC. These kids all play great. Every one of them plays good enough to light the world on fire, to be the next Jimi Hendrix, the next Bob Dylan, the next Leonard Cohen, the next uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, the next whatever. Maybe technically there's some of them aren't quite up to that, but they're good enough to be the next uh, Carlos Santana, you know, or Grant Green, you know, for sure. What separates those guys from these kids is they had a vision for what to do with their limitations, knowing that every day they were going to get better, right? Yeah. It's like, right now, here today, this is what I'm going to create. And they did it with so much integrity and so much belief and so much reality and gravity that it made the music great. Yeah. And that takes a lot of commitment and a lot of vulnerability because, you know, people might hate it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And let's face it. I mean, you're not going to be really, really great unless you fuck up a lot in public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't know anything until you fuck it up three times in public. Yep. So I've, I've pontificated a lot here. No. But, but, but uh, so going back to what you said before about, like, when you, in your younger day, and playing with these 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 guys and it wasn't talk the theory and that and you just you turn up the job you know the tunes 
I mean, it's such I a, didn't even know the tunes. You didn't know the tunes? No, I was the young guy. I had to, how do I know all these tunes? Right. I mean, I, I knew the tunes that I knew, and I would go listen to the gig and learn the ones that they were playing and go home and listen to the recordings that were probably the things that inspired them to play those songs, yeah. you know. But they would always play songs I didn't know. But they would, like, and now, okay, Bruce, we're going to play X song. They would tell me the song in the key, and they didn't even need to tell me the key because I could have heard that. But yep. um, if I had one question to ask, like, okay, it's like you're firing squad. They were going to kill you, but you've got the one question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my question was always, what's the form? You know, tell me, A, A B, A, A first ending, A second ending. You know, it's a blues. It's, it, it, but just by telling me that, I had, okay, now I had this, these bars on, right. in my mind. And then I, my biggest job was for that first chorus, the melody. Mm -hmm. Print the melody to my head. Because if I can just play around with the melody, I'm going to be cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to embarrass myself, and then they're not going to kick me off the bandstand and never ask me to play again, which mm. was really my my survival. Yeah. Is stay with these guys because these guys are good, and they're going to. I'm going to be better by playing with these guys. It's too much fun to play with this. So that was my survival. It's just print the melody, hold on. But then it was pretty obvious. You start to hear. Are there any modulations? Where are they? Um, if you don't hear what they are, there's lots of ways. I mean, can you see the keyboard? Maybe, you know, can you see the bass player's hand? It's just like a guitar, you know. If you kind of play the root, boom. Oh, it's we're going to that key. If you can't hear where it goes. Right. Um, pretty soon after you learn, like, the mother tunes, which we did about, uh, we got it last year sometime. Remember those ten tunes mm -hmm. I mentioned? I mean, if you know those tunes, the bridges of these songs, if there's a bridge, it's probably going to be one of these three bridges that mm -hmm. are in there. Um, certain little things, does it resolve as it goes around to the second one? You know, I mean, you just start, like, filling in the information. And then the most important thing, again, is you've got this melody. So the melody's telling you how long the harmonic cycles go. Because just from a melody, you can tell when you come around to the home again. Yep. And these things just become obvious to you. You know, the first tune or two is not... But when you get past 10 or 15, then, you know what I mean? It's, it starts to become more and more and more obvious to you. And, um, and while it's, it's a slower learning curve at that point, it's really fun. Mm -hmm. I imagine back then, as opposed to now, like someone getting into jazz and learning those tunes, it's such a different environment. Like 
you were learning, say, on the job. And you probably learn a lot quicker because your ass in. is on the line, I was line, sitting right? in, usually. Yeah. I mean, at the earliest days, I wasn't even didn't even have jobs. I was sitting in. Right. And, um, yeah, but, usually they'd let me call a tune so I could call one I knew. Right. And then, then, then if I was good enough, they'd say, oh, yeah, just stay up and play with us. Yeah. You know, and now it was like, play their shit. You yeah. know, and, of course, I had done my homework and I'd been hanging out in the club and then listened to what they knew. So was sort of prepared for what, Met me, you know, but all my job was like, don't get in their way, don't fuck up, don't take. If they're all taking one course, I'll take one course, you know, yeah. just like the basic rules but, of but, engagement. But all that, what you went through there, that doesn't really exist now, does it? In a certain, in it, a certain it happens sense. at school more, right? You know, and usually there's direction, yeah. Uh, but that organic, but those those kids are doing it too, though. They're all jamming and playing, so yeah. But that organic way of doing it, that. Well, that was really just, lost that's, that's, due to yeah, the time, right? Yeah, yeah. and and of course you got to understand these guys were playing. Um, the gig I'm thinking about was these guys had this gig five or six nights a week for I think six hours a night. Wow! So like they were very happy to have new energy come in and yeah. just play. I mean, Bruce, come play. You know, they like as soon as I walk in, it's Bruce. I just wanted to listen, you know, because I didn't want to get in their way i didn't you know i just didn't want to get kicked off the island you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> and uh it was oh come on come up come play come play you know and 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 actually it got really quick the piano player when he had to like had another gig he would say man i'm i'm just gonna miss the first set take do the first set for me and then i'll come in and i'll play the rest of the night and i'll share yeah. the bread with you you know i mean you know like that kind of stuff that must have been such a like how old were you at this like, time 18, 17, right. something like that. Hell of a buzz. Oh, shit, man. And just the responsibility yeah. of, like, carrying the ball. Yeah. You know. But, um, but you know, you learn by yeah. doing, and you, you learn, learn by, by fucking doing. up. Yeah. You yeah. know, there was more than a lot of times where the owner of the club looked up and she got weird, you know, and had to, like, <laughs> save it. Um, that's just the way that's you know so so again there 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 isn't as much of that happening out there that's kind of lost a little bit it, it, well, yeah, but yeah but it's probably again, affected why the not, music why not i mean why is it lost right now why why isn't that i mean yeah they say people it's not happening because people don't want to hear the show i disagree i think it's just a matter of us needing to um uh uh you know I just think it's like we need to create a scene around the music. Mm. You know, the music has to be part of everything. You know, it's become almost like watching YouTube. The band now you, is on the bandstand, and we play music for these people to listen to us. No, no, no. We get up, we play music, we create a vibe in the room that everybody's part of, and we share together. Yeah. You know, and yeah, if it's a big concert at Carnegie Hall then maybe you can treat it that way. But I don't even treat it that way. To me, it's all... The music is part of the fabric of the room. Yeah. I mean, of course, I'm creating it, and that's my job, and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it, but I'm very well aware of the dynamics yeah. in the room and very much want the people who are in the room with me to be part of of it and so and that's kind of in a granted that's my unique experience it's not everybody's yeah, yeah. and uh 
And yeah, nowadays with people staring at their phones and shit, I mean, it's hard to hard to get them hard to get them to put those phones away and listen to the music yeah. and, and be be in the room. But you know, hey, all we can do is 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 lead by example. Yeah. You know, I can't make you put your phone down if you want to stare at your phone. You know, you just go ahead, stare at your phone. Yeah. I mean, it's up to me to be having so much fun over here that it's more fun for you to join me than it is to yeah. look at the phone. But look at everything. I mean, um, besides the, the amount of clubs, the live clubs that have disappeared over the years, now you've got sports bars, so it's just TVs everywhere, so right. they don't do live music, and they don't need to because they've got full of sports people drinking beer and they don't care. So all these different elements that we're up against. So it's it's, it's changed. It's changed it a lot. It's really tough, and I'm not going to lie, and I'm not going to... I don't know what to say. I mean, other than, okay, we can give up or we can keep trying. But, but how, you know, like, to, but there are restaurants. Yeah. But how cool would it be to find a place where what it. you're talking about and create that and I think have it, that? I think, I think again, if, if people started doing it, it would happen. And it doesn't Definitely. need to happen even in nightclubs it could happen in pet stores it could happen in in art galleries it could happen in anyway hardware stores it's it could just happen, a hang right yeah you know, it could happen in gazebos and in parks yeah you know and we could do it without a lamp amplification you know so we don't even need this shit you yeah. know we can use our phones actually to light the place rather than <laughs> yeah. to look at yeah. i mean i'm saying this is hey just the kind of the motto of junkyard duo you know we're gonna play like you've thrown us on the garbage heap of life Live musicians, you don't give a fuck about us. You want to watch your TV, you want to, you know what I mean. Your DJs, whatever, your phone, you got it. We, you don't need us no more. But you know, we're gonna keep playing anyways. Yeah. So you throw us on a junkyard, we're just gonna hang out in the junkyard and play because yeah. that's how important it is. And you know, maybe you'll realize that there's some life and living and cool shit to be involved in in the junkyard. Now, we who care the most about it, those that do it have to take responsibility for resurrecting whatever we see gone yeah rather than complaining about it yeah. you know and yeah there's particularly with jazz you know, we got these kids spending a fortune going to school and we are uh white people masters of the universe mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in our society yeah. and you know and, and 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 everything was taught well if we if we go to school and get our degree we will have a career at the end and there's a lot of pissed off people right now because is there you know a career in jazz really you know i mean yes there is for the high-end ones i mean obviously i can name 40 guys who are like cleaning up right now who are young doing what playing jazz in you know young guys who were just like, you know, the, the cream of the cream. Right. Cream, you know, Gerald Clayton and uh, Eric Harland and Julian Lodge and Taylor Eichste. I'm sure they're doing fine. You know, mm -hmm. they're working all the time. And they deserve to be because there's Mike Marino. You know, they're unbelievable players. Yep. And, uh, but there's room for lots of them. Maybe not to play at that level right now. Yeah. But, you know, we're the ones that care about this stuff. Again, back to my uh, imagination, innovation, and strategy. Business can be treated the same way as the music can. Well, this is what I do. 
We got Junkyard Duo. It's a hipster's paradise. You know, every hipster bar loves us. Why? Because we look weird. We sound weird. We're, we're in the moment. We're approachable. Mm -hmm. We work all the time. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'm not getting, you know, and people aren't sitting there and clapping for every solo I do, and they're not living and dying on every line I play. But, you know, I don't expect anybody to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, there are times where my music, I'm fortunate. There are times where I play at that high level where, you know, concertizing and really high end. But there's, as you know, regardless of what the arrogant comments are and internet star comments, you know as well as I do, I'm playing in local clubs all the time. All the time. Because my mental health depends on it. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm going to sit and preach this shit, I need to live it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Scott has a very different approach to it. I respect Scott. It's Scott's approach. But he has said on the show that he wishes he was playing more. More. Right. But he's set up his life in a, where he records, writes, and goes perform that. And it's a big, it's a big thing right. for him right. to do that. Where he doesn't fly off the cuff like, right? He just doesn't do that. Right. That's fine. Right, and you know, and 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 you know, I believe that you know. Again, no judgments here. I I really don't judge people. You know, uh, and if it even sounds like I'm judging people for for practicing on the internet, I'm not. I'm just giving my opinion. Mm -hmm. yeah, everybody should do what they want to do, but. We need you out here playing music. We need you out here changing the culture. Ultimately, with pendulum shifts, and maybe this, this whole Facebook reality check will start it. Because there will be like one little thing mm. that will change everything. That everyone kind of like look up at each other and realize they've been staring at their phone, you know. It was great. I had dinner by myself. I, I was on the phone. I was reading stuff. You know, it was great, you know been much better if I'd have just probably engaged the people around me yeah. or much better if I'd have read the newspaper or you know what I mean or pulled up a magazine or something I didn't never seen before and just opened myself up to something completely out of my world yeah but I was had my nose buried in my phone you know it's like and uh well there there is there there is a, a definitely an under well it's not even so much an underground thing anymore but you have things like well house concerts have become way bigger house concerts are great they're huge like you got companies like sofa that do those right concerts. they never got back to me they never bastards. got back to us i'm and not good enough i guess you I, see? I didn't i don't know what that's about i don't know what that's about but um so you know i guess but, and and why not figure out something yourself yeah i mean well prohibition studios we're doing a concert with you and danielle I mean, that, to me, that is way better than going to a club because you're coming to an intimate setting. There's some booze, some food, great people, and it's more of a house kind of cool well, studio no, I mean, vibe. You know, again, better, way better. I mean, it's great. It's I, great. I, it's, I, yeah, you know, I'm careful, you know, because there's some clubs. That, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Depending so, on the club, exactly. Right, I, but, you know, even yeah. like a club that you don't belong in and you go and you... I mean, you know what, like, you've gone into a place where, like, they're like, kind of like the Blues Brothers going into that cowboy bar, I remember. Like, you go in and, you know, oh, this is bad. You know, this is this is really bad. But then, by the end, you've won you them over. You kill them, yeah. 
and you've and you've learned something and they've learned something that those are moments of life yeah. that you don't ever forget yeah and so we need to just do it all i mean yes house concerts are a huge thing my our friend richard smith mm-hmm. who who yeah. was here brilliant guitar i mean he basically makes his living doing house concert style ideas and he's worked it out he's he's so industrious and he's built his show also right on that i mean it it's very tommy emmanuel ish i mean not that tommy emmanuel built that kind of a show but it's it's reminiscent right you know um it's brilliant. I, I've, I set up a show for him up in Carmel, you know, Carmel Valley, uh, a couple months ago. He killed. It was great. It was so beautiful. Um, so he, you know, so all of us just need to go out and, you know, hey, does this matter to you? Then bring it to the people. Mm-hmm. Find, find kindred spirits. You know, collaborate. Uh, imagine and innovate your, your thing and strategize how to make it work. And... Yeah, it could be something as simple as, do you have a friend who has a restaurant? Go in and play. Just go in and play. Invite friends. He says, wow, a lot of people, more people are coming now. Or, you know, usually it's dead by 8 o'clock, but with the music here, people are hanging out till 9 or 10, and they're buying a little extra wine, and they're sticking around, and they'll get some other people coming in. And, you know, next thing you know, some kids are coming in and sitting in, and, you know, and everybody's digging that. And then there's a scene. Next thing you know, he moves a table out for the bandstand, and and you're booking it, mm. and you're playing it whenever you want. Yeah. It's like, it's not going to happen if you sit in front of the TV and just practice yeah in front of a camera yeah that's never going to come to you no you're almost like ensuring that it won't happen yeah
This is blasphemy. What? The bringing guitar out on Guitar Wank. I know. We we really never do we it. We really we really should have just called it Wank. <laughs> just that would have left it open to a lot of different topics. I'm sure. Yes, you know, Wankitude. Now you got your red guitar, which is explain this red guitar for people who don't know the red guitar. Well, explain this red guitar. Who makes it? Who? Okay. It um, it's made by a luthier named Stefan Sontag, S-O-N-N-T-A-G. He's in Augsburg, Germany. He's an incredibly talented luthier. I mean, amidst many, you know, I mean, the luthiers out there that are doing it, like Bob Benedetto, of course, and Tom Rebecca, and... Who was the guy that stayed here? Uh, you had one of his guitars. He's from Nashville. I texted Mark you. Mark Lacey. Yes, he's Mark Lacey. Yes, yeah. he's a brilliant maker. Uh, Buscarino, Marchioni, uh, Commons. You know, these are all arch these are tops. these are all arch top. They, they and some of them make uh, flat tops and right. or classicals, but these are specific arch top builders and even Collings. Although that's more of a shop, you know. Now, right? Of course, he died, but uh, his instruments are beautiful. So, you know, Stefan's one of those guys. Uh, not as well-known, but he definitely should be. His instruments, along with sounding brilliant, in my opinion, I mean, it's really playable. You've played this yeah, thing. And I mean, it, it just, yeah, it just plays so, his all his guitars play so nicely, along with sounding really great. Um, the story of how I met the Red Guitar, which is in the Red Guitar show, I don't want to give away too much, but... Basically, um, I was at an international guitar festival over in Wales, and they had it was it's like heaven for archtop jazz guitar fans. Right. It's like uh, there were workshops during the day, and there was like uh, concerts at night, and there was a hall exhibit hall like a mini Nam thing that had like luthiers and had people who had uh, and I, I imagine you can all hear the guitar ringing. Mm. While I'm talking, she's just sitting in my lap. I'm not doing anything, <laughs> and um, and so look there, um, and so they had luthiers. They had like people selling guitar records. They had people selling T-shirts. I mean, you know, it's just your basic everything you could geek out on jazz guitar. It was great. Yeah, happened in Wrexham, Wales, um, and so I'm walking around and. You know, regardless of what Ron says, I am a cowboy. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, I'm walking around, and Stefan has these great instruments. I think there were other luthiers there, too, I'm pretty sure. And uh, he had this stuff, and there was this one bright red guitar with this white mother of toilet seat pick card. And nobody was playing it. That guitar was like a really homely girl at a prom dance or something. Like no one would dance with her, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And uh, it just hurt me. I just don't like that. There's a cowboy part why of it. Why did this... Why because did it's so rockabilly looking, right. you know, yeah, and is. everybody's jazz guitar, jazz guitar. <laughs> and so I, um, like you can hear it, I, I grabbed it and I, I just started playing it. And it was so alive with the sound. And the whole hall went quiet while I'm playing. 
It was like, whoa. It was like this thing was alive. It was like wrestling a, like holding a live wire, you know, one of those things <laughs> that breaks off in a hurricane and, you know, you yeah. break. I don't know if you ever been around when a live wire came oh, off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was like holding that. And so I was playing it and I gave it back to him after a while, you know. And uh, the next morning he showed up at my workshop and he just handed it to me. He says, no one's going to play this thing, so play it, you know. And so I played it for the rest of the week and played around with it. And at the end, I went to give it back to him. I said, okay, how much? You know, I, it just really, I had always been playing L5s and my Ibanez, at the time I was playing my Ibanez custom made. Do you still have the Ibanez? Yeah. And, and, and they're more like, they're archtop guitars, but they're electric archtops, very thick tops yep. built-in pickups you know like my trip like the, the west montgomery traditional barney castle yeah. traditional guitar sound you ever pulled the, I, I think we had someone email us ask man i, I pull it out at home and play it it's a great guitar yeah it's a nice it's, guitar yeah yeah it's the only guitar that has a neck as good as this one that stefan made right and um and i just was loving this amount of acoustic sound and it was forcing me to play differently and you know my legato's touch which makes the notes melt together well obviously with this acousticity they don't want this guitar doesn't want to play that way so you kind of find you, you find yourself like comp compensating and compromising mm -hmm. and finding new things and it was just really great and so i said okay I, I needed to add this to my arsenal and i just kind of liked the red just because i'd felt it i didn't realize it but just noticing that the bright red and the white, the whole rockabilly look, jazz guitar had become conservative. It had become this like men's club kind of feeling, <laughs> you know, like everybody had the same sound and the same thing. It was all kind of, you know, dark sound. And yep. everybody had a, you know, a dark sunburst, you know, maybe a blonde, you know, gold hardware. It was very, very, you know, I thought, I mean, I always thought that. I was this rugged individual nonconformist, and then you wake up and you go, "Wow, nonconformists can have a uniform," you know? <laughs> kind of, it's like that's not right, you know. Right. And so um, I told him, "All right, how much?" And he said, uh, "I can't sell it." He's 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 a German guy, and he's bigger than me. Oh wow! And so like, and I'm I'm like six foot three. Yep. You know, and I'm, I'm not heavy, but I'm like 180. So, you know, I mean, to be appreciably bigger than me, he's a big guy. Yeah. And he speaks with this German accent, you know. So I feel like I'm talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, uh, how much? And he says, oh, I can't sell it to you. And it's like, no, come on, how much? I can't sell it to you. I figure he's just jacking up the price. He's figured you know, I'm going to offer him like... Yeah. You know, pull out my credit card and whatever. I said, come on, quit fucking with me. How much? And he goes, I can't sell it to you. It belongs to someone else. Oh, no. He says, then he says, but this is the, I'll make you one that's better. <laughs> oh, wow. And I said, okay. And so he made me one. And, and, and unlike a lot of these archtop builders, and I'm not putting them down, but they have a tendency to be optimistic like when you like get one made it's like oh yeah i'll have it done in six months mm. you know and like 
two years, five years, you know, you're yeah, still like, you know, yeah. they need another deposit, you yeah. know, they're like spending the money. Hey, they got jobs, but you know, whatever. He's German, so it's like on the Ball dot, point, on the right. dot. He calls me up, you know, like two months before it's supposed to be delivered. He says, uh, he played it like, like he did that, you know, she, she hadn't been finished yet. He just strung it up, you know, he put the neck on, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, like, kind of hear the baby's first cry, kind of thing, and then and then he, and then he uh, he says, "Well, what color? You know, what finish do you want?" And I said, "Oh, I want it just like the other one, bright red." You know, and he said, "Really?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah," and he says, "I I make it that color. I can't change it." <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking traditional jazz, right? I said, no, I want it red. As a matter of fact, a little redder than the other one would be better. And he yeah. says, okay. So um, he made it, and then I sent him the dough. Uh, so that would have, you know, I mean, he, basically he gave me a super deal. I mean, because I'm basically his only artist, one of his only artists in America, and um, a swinging deal. And... Send him the money for to ship it, and he just took the money and put it towards a plane ticket. He delivered it to my no door. No way! Really? Showed up at my house in Carmel Valley. Did you and, know? Um, he let me know like the day he was coming. Right. Like I'm here. I got the guitar. What? What? Wow. Just, I'm here. Well, it turned out that was like third week of January. Yeah. So he was gonna go to Nam. He figured oh, okay. he'd, he'd bring it to me. And he knew I was going to Nam. I guess he knew I'd take him. So he stayed with me for a few days in Carmel Valley, and I went around and played the guitar at a few other people's gigs and some of my gigs. Yeah. And then we came down here to L.A. and we had dinner at uh, at uh, John Pisano's house, which yep. you can imagine what a feeling that was for him. Ron, um, this is when Alveola was still alive. Okay. Alveola was there, and trying to think of who the other guys were there a lot of guitar players yeah and uh, then he went to nam and had a great time you know meeting everybody oh, cool how old is this guy stefan's younger than me he's probably late 40s now oh okay wow but he's made like 200 instruments you Damn. Know, you know and there's a bit of a wait list now i yep. think you know i think you're looking at a year what's retail on these you know uh, you'd have to go on the website all, all I can say is that for a comparable model made by any of the archtop builders that I mentioned, mm -hmm. I would bet you he is about two thirds the price of mm -hmm. theirs. Yeah, maybe half. Are they around eight? Well, you know, I would bet that, that my model would be yeah, yeah. They're they they're around eight to ten, and I I, I would bet that his would be around six. Mm -hmm. Depends on the euro. Yeah, yeah. But. Um, yeah, I mean his his instruments generally I would bet a couple grand cheaper and they're great. I yeah. mean it's just only because he doesn't have the big name. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is going to change. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, the, the 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 popularity of these kinds of instruments sort of hinders the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, Norm probably wouldn't want this. 
he'd want this one because I played it so much on so many records and stuff. But, you know, just one of these he wouldn't want. But um, it's a great guitar. Again, they're all just personal things. This one is really, she can be a real bitch. And I'm, I'm every day I'm like wondering why I've hitched my way, hitched my, you know, wagon to this horse. Because, you know, I am really a L5 guy. Mm. I, that was, that was, you know, Wes was always my hero. And, um, and it, my first guitar was an L, my first main professional guitar was an L5 and for 10 years, you know, so it's hard, you know, and all throughout my, the Ibanez was sort of an L5 with a haircut. And then I played the L5 after that. I mean, I got this guitar, I played it for a year and a half, then got the Rebecca, played that for a year and a half, then went back to the L5 again. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's hard to, it's hard. That's the sound, you know, you got that Fender amp and the L5 and it's just that, but there comes a point where you need to get away from that mm. to find something new. Yeah. And I've decided that this is the horse I'm going to ride yeah. for at least a while. And, you know, have you, you've heard me play, so you know, like, the acousticity and, like, the delicacy and the nuance. And then I've got these really cool strings that I finally found that makes a, a guitar like this work electrically. Mm-hmm. You know, because the the regular electric strings just make it want to feed back and get too yeah. boomy bassy. So, so you know, it's been a it's been a very interesting ride, and it's not ending. But this is where I've stopped right now. I mean, I'm still playing the resonator with Junkyard Duo. Yeah. And, uh, but I haven't played my L5 in about a year, over a year. Other than just to make sure she's still in the case. <laughs> make sure my wife didn't take it out and sell it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you've, got two, you've got two L5s, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty much twins. Right. One's got a little wider neck than the other. It's about the only difference. But this, um, this, this one's pretty special. Yeah, it's a really nice guitar. And yeah. it inspired the red guitar, right? Yeah, well, th that happened because right after I got her, I did... Um, I did a show up in Northern California, and there was, it was like, I can't quite remember who was on it, but it was a lot of us, and a lot of archtop guitar players. I know Howard Alden was there for sure. Maybe John Jorgensen and Frank Vignola, maybe, oh, okay. may, uh, maybe not, because yep. I, I don't know, you know, it's like, eh. I just remember, I can see Howard standing there, and it was like a row of 12 of us. Wow. And, and so we're playing, we played, we had a good time. And the next morning, I was walking down the road, and two guys were walking in front of me. And one guy says to the other, did you hear that guy last night? And said, which guy? And he said, the one with the red guitar. <laughs> and I realized right then, that's where, that's where the idea really, oh, okay. all the connections started to happen. Yep. It's just hearing him say that. And then, of course, the red shoes and the red violin and all this, all the shit just sort of made sense to me. Yeah. All those ideas. It would, if it wouldn't have happened, it wasn't for those guys. Yeah. yeah. Life is like that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really special when a guitar speaks to you. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes, even if she's a bitch, <laughs> you know, I mean... 
we got friends who marry women, you know, and you can't understand why they're with that woman, right? <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. They make everything I mean, you know, like it's hard to be friends with them anymore. <laughs> you know, they're they seem to be miserable, whatever, you know. Right. But yet they there's something about that woman that just float that just makes it work for them. Yeah. And uh That's guitars this. are like that. Yeah, I was I'm like, not saying she's like that, but there are well, moments where it feels like <laughs> You're not gonna say that's that's what Pammy's like. <laughs> no, 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 no. But they say about redheads, they are a little more yeah. challenging than others. Oh, definitely, definitely. Now, I, I got something. Uh, the stuff uh, Josh Smith was obviously talking about, what you were showing him. and mm -hmm. So we give the listeners, because we did have a few people write in and ask a little bit more about that. Can you kind of... Give us a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, you know, basically, like I said, um, over the years of teaching, a lot of my teaching has been uh, working with guys who were really, you know, okay, good players, great players, uh, you know, um, accomplished players who were strong in the blues and the rock world and wanted to learn some jazz. And it was pretty obvious they didn't want to be jazz guitar players. They just wanted to kind of get some of the stuff into their playing and kind of get down the road. And my hope was if I kind of unlock some basic ideas about how it works, then maybe they would, you know, dig deeper and of course go to the guys that I learned it from and yeah. go to the source and listen to some jazz because that's really what it takes to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but some basic things, and, and Josh, I got to say, Josh, the things that Josh related that I had shown him in that video, uh, he represented really well. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, if it was like a franchise or something and I wanted somebody to teach my, the ideas that I came up with or that I feel that I synthesized, Josh really represented them so clearly, so cleanly. It was really kind of impressive. Yeah. It wasn't kind of, it was impressive. And like the first thing, I, you know, like I said to him, was this, a big difference in the rock and jazz is um, that in jazz we play through the changes. We don't just play the changes. So, whereas, you know, and I know how rock players, you know, you got a certain chord, you got these certain shapes or scales or things that go over a specific chord, and then you got the next one, and... You know, like in the case of the blues, you can ignore all the chords and just play in the one key, or you can kind of play those shapes over the when the chords change, you can do that. That's pretty much what a rock or blues player does. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. It sounds great. Yeah. But taking that knowledge and knowing that in 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 jazz or in rock even or blues, you know, when you go from like the one chord to the four chord, you know, you'll often go. Well, just to play that sound in your melodic phrase, to, so that, you know, because the G and the C, I mean G, folks, are pretty much the same sound. They have really a lot. The only thing that really changes is this goes that. Uh, so anyways, the big difference in this G7 and C7 are, are like what I call the guts of the chords, the thirds and the sevenths. That. But even these notes relate, I mean, you could use any of these notes in either of the two chords. 
like the B flat and the E go great with the G7. Says you could get a that B F and the B don't really sound so good with the C, but hey, I've done worse. <laughs> but anyways, but by playing that half step chord in your line, then you got all these notes. So I'm going from G7. Could you hear how like the you could hear it wanting to go to that next chord? Here it goes again. Could you hear how like mm. the line just wanted to go there? All of a sudden, all those sounds just sounded like they needed to resolve into the next chord, and that gives you the basic. As Josh said very well, the basic understanding of that gravity. It's almost as if you could almost visualize it as pulling a rubber band a little bit and then releasing the tension. Mm -hmm. And that little bit of a pull is that half step or that one fret away. And just find those sounds that make it work. Yeah. And that's like, that's, you can do that literally through no matter how complex the progression is. I mean, the blues is obviously a very simple progression, but you can make it more complex. And it's, it's just starting to get those jazz sounds right. into your playing and understand, oh, this is the way they think. It's almost as if this, the, the rock and blues players are thinking in an up and down manner, mm -hmm. and the jazz players are thinking like sideways. They're thinking in a motion right. manner. That's all. Yeah. And, and, and this work will give you the best understanding for the shortest amount of work. Not that it's the only thing to do, it's not. It's just like first grade stuff. Mm -hmm. But it gives you a door, the door will open yeah. into that world. Yeah. And that's what Josh was doing and he, and he did a really good job of explaining it. Now, there's another thing that I don't think they got to on that and he was alluding to a lot and something, since Scott's not here, I can kind of do this. <laughs> but 251, and I noticed how the guys on the pedal show, and I would like to actually kind of challenge the guys on the pedal show to have me on there because one of the guys really was excited about the <laughs> idea of 251. But I mean, he really was. <laughs> I mean, he was kind of scaring Giddy. me. He was scaring me a little <laughs> yeah, bit. You know? little. It's like, you know, yeah. You know, it was like kind of one of those mice and men. That were, Tell me about the rabbits, George. Tell me about <laughs> exactly. And um, so I'd love to be on their show and have their people, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll I don't know, we can, I can plug through a pedal or something if yeah. he wants me to. But anyways, um, but 251, and I'll just do it in the case of we're in G, so A minor, D7, G. Now, of course, there's the problem is is that they all have the same scale if you do the modal work. Yeah. So, like, when you listen to jazz, you go, well, wait a minute. It sounds like a lot of shit's happening in there, but they're all the same scale. What, what's going wrong here, you know? Well, basically, the D7 is kind of... When you, if, if you were to look at like a transcription of a jazz player, 
the stuff with the A minor would kind of look normal. <laughs> and then the D7, there'd be all these flats and sharps or whatever, you know, a lot of alterations and numbers by the chord and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then G major. <laughs> like, because you have to create tension, like with this half step above. Like, you almost want A flat 7. You don't want G7. D7. D7, right. And, and just to take this one step further, I like to make it, let's just think in terms of motifs and, and gravity, kind of like the, like I say, the rubber band. And what I, an exercise I, I like to do myself and I like to have people do is play a, a simple idea over the two chord, whatever it is. Let's say I'm playing along. Pretty simple. And just play that same idea half step down and then just resolve by ear. So here's our, here's, there's our progression. Wow, that's like a real musical 2-5, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know? You know? You know, now we're just kind of like, we're not even thinking theory. All we're forcing ourselves to do is play something that's melodic over the first chord, remember what that is, play it again, and then just use our ears to find, and of course we know by vision where the notes of G are, so mm -hmm. just find the right note that answers it. So now we're thinking musically through two five ones, without any theory, without any bullshit, and it's, we're starting to get the musical side of 2-5-1s. Because chances are, if you're already studying 2-5-1s, you know the theory side. And it's not really helping. Mm -hmm. So that's step one. Is it, uh, Cressy hates 2 5 She doesn't like 2 5 ones. crying because she caught a theoretical anomaly inside of my my <laughs> teaching and you know and it does make little girls cry when they realize that I'm fudging theory as much as I am because even though I'm doing the half step movement which we many people call the tritone or that half step thing I showed you I was technically playing it as a minor chord which is sort of breaking the rules but it works anyway so and what I like about it is it's about musical motif development it's like you're starting to hear the music instead of hear, thinking the theory. It forces you to play and then actually hear what you played because you have to remember it to play it again. You know, and therefore you're just thinking in terms of like that motif development and just playing musically, like I say, the difference between phrases and licks. Yeah. And so, so this one technically that I have been doing with a half step down... Mm -hmm. 
is okay, but there are like little reasons why it shouldn't work, but it still does. Okay, but wait, there's more. <laughs> okay, we can also do with the same two, five, one, I can play an idea off of the two chord, which is in this case is A minor. And I can play the same thing up a minor third. You hear it wanting to resolve, right? Mm. You know, and just like having that kind of an idea, well, okay, so now we've got two moves. Come up with a little piece of an idea, move it a half step down or a minor third up, and actually the famous song Groovin' High ends with. I mean, so it's basically, now we can extrapolate on that. Maybe instead of playing so obviously we're going A minor, C minor, G. Well, duh, the four minor always takes you to the one. So maybe we can play that chord instead too. Mm. And now we've got a whole extended vocabulary on the harmonic side because we've realized that this works. And again, you can do all the other things I did with that other thing. Okay. Wait, there's more. <laughs> okay, and no extra charge. Okay, you've also got, and this is really what they do call the tritone or the half step move, which is a tritone away, which is two minor thirds, which would be if I'm going to A minor, the tritone is E flat, right? So I'm gonna play my little lick over A minor, and then E flat minor, See? And it's just like, and again, the same thing goes with like playing the chords. So now you see, like for 251, I've just like increased, for anybody that didn't know this already, I've increased your vocabulary by about 400%. Yeah. It's just do it and just do it. And then that's where, I, that's like the stuff that Josh was talking about. And um, I stand by it as just a great way, even for anybody who's like a, a seasoned jazz player, I'd like to hear more of that from them. Because basically, when you start to play licks, you just lick over this chord, lick over this chord. Do they all relate to each other? But if I play this over this chord, and what I am playing, I have to play over this chord, or some variation that relates to it, then my ear takes over to do this part, you know, it's like all of a sudden the phrase be stops being a lick and starts being a phrase. Mm, yeah. So. Are you, when, when you're doing stuff like this and more, say in a more traditional type blues, are you thinking less scales and more chords? I'm playing over the chord. I'm definitely, the definitely. Chords, right? I, I can't remember the last I, time I thought a scale. Right. Um, Playing in and in and around the chords that are happening. Yeah, it's yeah. more arpeggios, you know. But the scale is the arpeggio. Right. I mean, 
If you go one, two, well, you go one, two, three, five. But if you go one, three, five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen, you've got all the same notes. Yeah. You just like have separated them, yeah. and then it leads more to chromatics that connect them, which is yeah. really what you want. Because if I want you to hear G major, if I go, it's not as well as if you hear. Now you've heard G major. Now you've heard G major. Now you've heard G major. Yeah. This isn't G major. Yeah. There, I took you to G major. Yeah. That's the difference between a jazz guy. So, you know, basically, when that comes down, you, you just look at it like, okay, I got a D minor chord here. Uh, whoops. Right? There's my triad. Well. Played fuck, I mean, I just knew where my fingers had to be for D minor, and I just started sliding around with it. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, I sound like a jazz musician. <laughs> and I really, I mean, and basically everything I did when I, in my mind, and I know this doesn't theoretically work for a book, but for my analysis, which we talked about earlier, the engineering stuff, hey, if it leads to D minor, it's A7. I don't give a shit if it's E flat. I don't give a shit if it's A flat. I don't give a shit if it's D flat minor. It's all going to, if it's going to D minor, it's A7. That's the function of it. Right. So, those little kind of exercises that I give people, and there are many more, yeah. uh, are the building blocks of the jazz conceptual awareness of how music works. To me, that w makes so much more sense than trying to get a scale and think of this and think of that and think that just seems way easier to grasp. Yeah, yeah, I know. But if I mean, if, if we're playing in C major and I need to tell you that C major scale goes with C major chord, you're kind of stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean it that you know. It's just what it is. I mean, C major scale. If you like the the fact that it's called the same thing as a C major chord, <laughs> this probably means they're related to each other. You right. know, but um, and of course, I'm not saying don't study your arpeggios or your scales. No. But I'm saying thinking the problem with thinking a scale when you play is you don't play the passing notes. First of all, second of all. The scale has seven notes, so it won't land musically. It needs another note yeah, yeah. for it to work in 4-4 four, four time. Yeah. In seven, it would work great. Yeah. But um, So there's that element that makes it work. And the way you're playing, you've got a strong note, weak note, really important note, note that cancels that out, kind of the secondary root, strong note, but doesn't, doesn't tell you a whole lot. The colorful note. Then the next note's a real color. It's a real sweet note, but then again, it could be a passing note because that you know, the seventh you know, could just be releasing to the one. It doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have to be a major seventh. Yeah. It could be the third of the, you know, of the five chord. Yeah. Oh, right. shit. You know what I mean? So by playing the scale, you're not really giving the world the information it needs to know to translate what you're saying musically yeah. into how it relates to what's going on around it. So for blues, for blues guys, you start to approach the blues 
with a lot more two five ones. And half steps, half, half steps. steps and two five ones. Learn to hear more chromatic connection of mm -hmm. things, which again, Josh used that exact phrase, which is, I think a phrase that I've always used, I'm sure I'm not the first guy to do it, but I would bet that the first guy who you ever heard say it. Yeah. Um, chromatic connection is hugely important. And then, uh, and then adding a two five. When 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 there's a when there's a space for it to be there, right. that's the place to start. Yeah, yeah. And and what about moving over a blues that's just fast? So you you're really just trying to hit. Well, again, passing. Notes. Well, again, play from where you are. Lay for one little spot in it. You know, like you and I would suggest either the fourth bar or the. Eighth bar, ninth bar, the bar that's going to lead to the two and five that goes home, that where this is six chord, in jazz progressions, mm -hmm. lay for that bar and lay for the fourth bar where you're going to the four chord and play some sort of jazzy connector stuff in that moment and do, and just play the rest of the time, be comfortable. Right. And then once you get comfortable doing that, then you got a little more bandwidth to find another spot to add the stuff. Yeah. And eventually it just be just like I mean all of us, hey, remember it was hard to play five four one at one point in your life. And you just did it enough and you got it. Yeah. yeah. So that's really what it is. Yeah. I mean it just again don't overload yourself. Don't try to do too much. Try to remember you're trying to you've got it in your brain already. You're trying to get it into your hands, your ears, and your eyes now. So, and we haven't even talked about. And then when you make a mistake that sounds good, right. then you need to figure out what that is and get it into your brain, in your eyes, and your hands, so yeah. that you can repeat it. Because chances are, a lot of the stuff you just miss yeah. really works. Yeah. yeah. So, and we haven't even touched on the diminished stuff too no or the augmented or any yeah. of that but it's a lot of it's in there because right. the half step does imply a lot of those diminished sounds yeah. Yeah. and does and the augmented as well but of course you know the one thing i would disagree with josh and i didn't ever say to him so whoever he got this from was not me is that the diminished chords and augmented chords their only purpose is to create tension to resolve to something um in the context of the way he uses them, he's right. In the way context, the way it's maybe majority of the usage of that in music, it's true. But it's not. That's not true. I mean, not a blanket statement that works. I mean, if you've ever listened to dream sequences in movies, there are always whole tone augmented sounds. Mm -hmm. You know that don't resolve. They're actually that's it's like it's like the key of the blues. You know, like G seven is really a key. Yeah, when it's the blues, it is. You know, I mean, there is actually an augmented sound. Or if you listen to Ravel, a lot of that music, it's very much it's a home thing. It's not being used as tension to get somewhere. Same with diminished chords. There's numerous situations in music throughout centuries that people have used that sound as the home sound. But it did, granted, it creates tension in diminished, and in whole tone, it's kind of ambiguous. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why you get the dream, you know, all those dream sequences where everything kind of fades, yeah, yeah. you know, in movies, it's usually the sound of a whole tone augmented. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and they tie a girl up on the railroad tracks in the old <laughs> days, it's a diminished chord, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like... That's, I'm gonna think. I'm gonna have that picture in my head every time I think of a diminished chord. Now, girl on the railway line. Yeah, you know those silent movies. Yeah. You know, usually a banjo kind of playing diminished chords. It's like, 
but that's cool. I think that's all that stuff is just so cool, and and it's not even scratching the surface of what jazz. No, no, it is, but it is. I mean, well, it's scratching conceptually, the surface, it's understanding how it's all goes, and I think that that's far more important than knowing the. You know, once you do that, you can kind of put it together your own way. Do your own reverse engineering. Yep. But I would suggest those exercises for anybody, sticking the half-step chords in and playing over them, and then uh, and then doing those two five, yep. you know, but also motif exercises. Be able to play the chords and know what progressions you're playing over, right? Yeah, I mean, one would assume that you'd want to know yeah. that. I mean, how would you be able to do anything do it with it if you didn't? Yeah. Like putting the horse before the cat, but behind the cat, you know, like I say, it's all it's a four thing. I mean, the eyes can teach the hands, the hands can teach the eyes, the ears can teach the brain, the brain can teach the ears. It's all you want to get them. It's like a herd of cows, you just got to keep them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow, guitar wank just did. We did something we've never I think done before. You've just done your first guitar lesson on Guitar Wank with a guitar. Yeah, well, we, I promise I won't let it happen again. <laughs> Scott will be horrified. He'll yeah, never he'll know. Never he know never doesn't it. listen. <laughs> so, well, we'll know if he ever plays any of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. But you, the funny thing about Scott is he always says he hates to teach, and people always write to us and tell us this. But he teaches. And then in the next five minutes, he just taught a bunch of stuff that he said he hates to teach Oh, man, he's great. Yeah, you know. (laughs) We love him. Yeah. Love him. Well... And we miss him. And hopefully by the time a few... we Yeah, by the time some of this comes out, he'll be back in town and we'll be ready to go. And we we may do the, the official drawing for the 100th show. Finally get to 100, although people seem to really enjoy the the letters. (laughs) I've been getting a lot. I'm pushing. Of that. I'm definitely and then pushing. And it probably had to go to 99.1 and 99.2, right? <laughs> Maybe we just save it for the 200th show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, it was an absolute pleasure, man. And I just feel like I've just learned some really cool shit that we'll go work on. Well, keep it's, me up all night you now. know, I'm working on it too. I mean, just make the music happen for everybody. That's what we're here for. Everybody go out and play a gig. Go out and play a session. April 6th. If you're in Los Angeles. Uh, this might be after that. But, oh, this uh, might be after, yeah. Whatever. Oh, well. Well, hopefully... Oh, well, maybe not. April 6th. Yeah. If this we, is past April 6th. April 6th was amazing. You missed yeah, it. Yeah, we had a great well, time. Well, it's going to be... We'll, we'll stream it. It's the best time we had yep. before we had it. <laughs> and you're going to have to pay top dollar for it. So. And we still need... I need, I need more... I need more uh, encouragement for Grumps to become a full-time yeah, Facebook I like character. Grumps. You know, you could just use Gr- um, Stumpy over there as the the, the facial. He's too it. young. He's, uh, well, is he? Yeah. yeah okay. No, I, I mean, I, I think Grumps could work with my fake L.A. cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should do it. I back Grumps. Okay, Grumps for president. Full support. Guitar Wank backs Grumps. Grumps for president. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.